well, I see the chiropractor twice a week, right, for the next little while. Right. And uh, it was Savina's birthday party last night at Extreme Trampoline. Okay. And there was a kid didn't show up, or we did, we had an extra one. And she's like, you want to jump? I'm like, fuck yeah, give me those socks. Put the socks on, threw the sticker on. I literally took like two bounces on a trampoline. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why he that's said why you're I never to jump this. again. Yeah. I felt <laughs> it right in my spine. Said, fuck. All right. <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good morning, everybody. Pep, how are we doing? Pep, Pep. Pep. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm Russian all it's, of a sudden. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm great, Bria. If you use that old uh, that face uh, app old thing, they say it's a big Russian uh, like a spy uh, conspiracy. Yeah, so, so that's good. why I'm you helping you out right now in case they ever come there. Like, well, we can't go get Piep because he's one yeah. of us. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is that they uh, now there's all this like shock shock about you know oh well our all our personal privacy stuff is being uh, captured and recorded and all this. Listen, man. If someone wants to see my face in a Spock outfit, and they want to use that for their to their benefit, just do your thing, pal. I don't. What do you want to? What do you want to know for? You want my credit card debt? By all means, take it. Mm. Maybe they'll pay it off for you. Maybe, maybe they'll pay it off. I don't know. Maybe we're just maybe overthinking that. Before we get started, yeah, I'm th- I'm throwing out like a quick trivia at you without even like, oh, giving you any time to think. Who's the only team in the uh, major leagues that doesn't have a no hitter? Like ever or this year? Ever. Yeah, this year would be crazy. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to throw out yeah. the... I mean, there's uh, so many teams. This, yeah. The, every time I'm about to say one, I think of a pitcher that might have thrown one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Give me the... Kansas City uh, Royals. You... I'm going. Uh, I'll throw the Kansas City Royals. No. Okay. San Diego Padres. Really? The guy, the kid. I only know that because the kid last night almost had one, and then uh, the Marlins hit a homer off him. He ended up winning, but uh, uh, yeah, he had. Uh, I think he had one going into the seventh, and uh, so. Really? Tough All luck, right. San Diego. San Diego, you're having a tough week in baseball. Uh, you pissed off your your volatile superstar, Manny Machado, again. Uh, no shock there. He's easily irritable. <laughs> He's easily. He's like us. <laughs> yeah, put me, for be, those of, uh, put me behind the wheel. Those of, us that can, those of us that can't see uh, Brock and I right now, I'm wearing a Bryant Reeves Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Love it. Uh, Brock's rock in a Bengals dry fit, it looks like. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't, you know what, though? That Brian, that Reeves jersey really got me uh, thinking. I started last night. I couldn't sleep, and I was shopping in those uh, um, those overseas replica jersey places. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find it. Like so uh, I, Alibaba or whatever it is? Something like that. Anyway, my cart was full, and I had, uh, you know, I had the <laughs> Charles Barkley, like the white Phoenix Suns with the big exploding basketball style. 
I had yeah. the, the old uh, the pinstripe blue Shaq O'Neal Orlando one. Um, oh man! I had a Brian Dawkins Kelly Green <laughs> Eagles jersey. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly! Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I got to see if that cart's still there, but uh, I might be throwing a little order out there. I was looking for more like linemen if I could. But uh, they didn't have as many as I... Lake Johnson, I had one of those, the Kelly Green. I think I had swapped uh, Dawkins for that one at one point. Um, eh, you know, whatever. There was a kid at the Blues Fest, actually, that had a, an old NBA All-Star one that had, like, the... I had the double take because it had the same colors as, like, Space Jam almost. Or, like, the... Uh, uh, what's that basketball movie? Semi-Pro? Yeah, I, I saw the guy. I actually... Re- I actually barely remember seeing the guy but i did see that guy you barely remember seeing there. me yeah yeah he was wearing it was a white with like it had some stars on the down the, the side and it was an old school do you remember who it was the player uh i don't think that's the same guy there was a guy that had it was more like a teal type one and it was a jordan jersey but it was a oh yeah that was that was the one that was like jordan's second last or might have been his last year with the bulls when i don't know if you ever see the clip of him and shaq warming up and Shaq pulls a shimmy shake on him and does a fadeaway and scores. Yeah, I see it all the time. When they're warming up. Yeah, that's, Love that it. Was, that's that year. Yeah. You know, it's sad that we remember all this. <clears throat> no, it's good because I I <laughs> met people yesterday and I don't remember their names. So it's good <laughs> that I remember something. <laughs> Sorry to that guy oh, I met yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> Short-term great. memory is not great. Wow. Uh, so we are not... We are not recording live from the RA today, folks. We are uh, from the friendly confines of our, uh, well, Brock's office and my kitchen, uh, a.k.a. my office. Uh, threw my back out. Threw my back out. That'll be threw a sound Threw my back clip. out. Yeah. But uh, feeling better today, and uh, so that's why we're uh, recording uh, from our remote locations. That, and we got to make sure we get one in before uh, vacation sets in. So, um I'm going to be in Wasaga Beach for a couple of weeks with the family. Yeah. Uh, I fully anticipate being able to record from there. And actually, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, my brother will be down there. If I can get him to laugh on cue, that'd be great. But Is uh, it the whole whole fam going? The, all the kids? Kaner and uh, all the kids? and Yeah, so Kane will be up there. Um, they've spent a lot of time together. So uh, my kids slept over my mom's for a week with Kane for a music camp. And then they were at my father's for a couple of days uh while we needed summer sitters and kane was there as well and it kind of culminated last night in um savina's school birthday party so we needed to get a party in before we went on vacation and we did an extreme trampoline and i remember seeing kane you could see he's kind of tired which of course they're gonna be tired because each grandparent is spoiling them and they're having you know whatever they want to eat and they're up late and uh i saw kane i said oh you're getting tired of these two yet as in my kids and he's like, yeah, a little bit, you know. He's like, it's always I gotta sit in the middle, and it's I gotta, you know, I got questions for Kane. And Kane, how do you do this? What does that mean? And it's always they're always looking for his attention. I think yeah. he just <laughs> he just needs a break. So oh, we'll see amazing. how that goes. But uh, yeah, so we'll be up there. My mom will be up there. My in laws will be up there for two weeks uh, as well. And then we have like my brother in law will be down with his family for a few days, and some of Angie's friends will be down for another week. So it's a, it's two weeks for us, but a kind of a mishmash of people as they come up. Um, but it's a lot of fun. If it wasn't five and a half hours away, I'd, I'd drive up for a day or two. Five and a half hours for a day or two on a beach like that and whatever is is worth it. So 
you ever uh, you should just come up with Curtis. You got a whole week. Anyway, that's off-air stuff that I'll work on convincing you to come up to to Wasaga Beach and enjoy some weather with us. I want to sh- I want to shout out quick my mom real quick. Uh, I went to visit my brother on uh, what was it Sunday night maybe? Was it Sunday afternoon? I, I anyway I went to visit my brother in the last couple of days and uh, I got there and I saw my mom's car there and, I'm, and I'm, I was fully anticipating seeing my brother's kids. So I, wa- I hadn't seen them in a while. I wanted to play around. And uh, they weren't there. They were at the cottage. And so I hung out for a couple hours. And the entire time, my mom was cleaning my brother's house. Really? Like the whole. Now, does your mother-in-law or your mom, do they do that? Do they, when they come over, do they just go on a cleaning frenzy? Uh, no. No. It's like, side note, my, mom, my brother's house is quite clean. It's, it really didn't need any... But you know she's my mom is just nonstop. I like she's seventy four and she just she has she can't have idle hands. Like she has to keep moving and do. It's just the craziest thing. But God bless her. Anyway, that's good. Does she want to come visit my place? Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played. Nicely played. Okay, yeah. where are we off to now? All right, boy? so we are. Today is a headliner show. Ah, I shouldn't even have said it. Hold on, today. We are, uh, where am I? Is this it? No. Do I even have a headliner one anymore? I think it, I think it was that. Was Is it that not? it? I think so. It doesn't seem as, uh. These are the sports headlines with Brock and Pep. All right, yeah, okay, that's it. I guess that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday was the uh, anniversary of uh, those three dudes going to the moon there, I guess, in the 60s. <laughs> oh, did you see that clip? Uh, somebody posted, I think Freddie posted on the page, and it was uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin there, the astronaut. And yeah. the guy was had a Bible in front of his face, and he kept saying, swear in the Bible, you're on the moon. Swear in the Bible, you're on the moon. And it kept going and going, and finally Buzz <laughs> just like cold cocked him with the right... Just gave him a shot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, no. no. Yeah, it's a, there's oh, a video. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's he beautiful. was not having it. I don't know. I brought that up because that the openings cue that you just rolled there just kind of sounds like something from space. So yeah. <laughs> something from that era, anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do we got for uh, headlines? I got a couple, but I'll let you uh, start. I'll just I'm just gonna bang them off real quick, and we'll, like I said, like we usually do, we'll just talk about them. Uh, so uh looks like Chris Paul is going to start the season with the Thunder. Uh, they've tried to consummate some deals and haven't been able to figure out a trade. Aaron Sanchez lost his 10th straight game yesterday. Really? Tenth. That's pretty sad, man. And considering he was supposed to be one of their, uh, well, if not the, if not their second ace, you know, I know Stroman seems to be the, the guy that they turn to for their ace. Wilmer Font signed with the Jays. I think it's just a depth move. He uh, <clears throat> was picked up from the Mets for cash. Wilmer Font, for those Ottawa champion fans, played for them uh, in their inaugural season uh, for half Hold the on. Season. This guy Font played for the Ottawa champions? Yeah. Yeah. And then he was picked up by the Mets. He's a big kid. He's like six, seven. Big, big kid. He's got like hard stuff, but, you know, control issues. I'm sure they're like hurting for pitchers and who knows what uh, they'll, uh, they'll look like after the trade deadline. So I think they're just sort of setting themselves up for some depth. Um, it's literally going to be a, a band-aid 
until the end of the year. I don't think they're going to make any big moves. They're just going to try to replenish their uh, their farm system. Wilmer Font, F-O-N-T. Um, speaking of Ottawa champions, uh, they're struggling at the gate. Wimbledon. A poll was taken. I don't know exactly how many men were asked, but one out of every two said that they could take a point from Serena Williams. I think that's completely absurd. Um, the <laughs> Montreal Alouettes fired their GM after a win. I find that very peculiar. They've moved to two and two, a tie for second place with the Red Blacks, both teams trailing the Tiger Cats. And uh, they are, there is a fourth team in the East. They're embarrassing to mention. Toronto Argonauts absolutely stink. The Raptors just signed Cameron Payne. He was a first-round pick about six years ago, but he's bounced around on a few teams. Uh, he will provide some depth at the point guard. I think he's just a camp, sort of a camp guy to push the other two point guards. Andrew Wiggins not playing for Team Canada. That's not new news. Um, it's surprising, though, considering some of the some of the big names that are going to play, namely Jamal Murray who had a deep uh, playoff run with the Nuggets. Yeah. Why Wiggins wouldn't play, I'm not too sure. Uh, very confusing. So those are my headlines. Um, I didn't get into too much depth about Wimbledon, but I did want to talk about that after we run over some of these headlines and after after you name some, some of your headlines. But I did want to talk about Wimbledon and the state of the men's game, which is just absolutely incredible. Anyway, those are the headlines. Brock, anything stick out for you? Um. Yeah, well, there's a few, actually. Uh, the ones that I'll add for you, too, uh, that we can, whatever, discuss if you want to. Uh, Pacquiao is fighting this weekend against uh, Thurman, a guy who's 10 years younger than he is. Um, follow on to the Blue Jays. There was a tweet by Bo Bichette um, that hinted at his uh, desire to be called up and confusion as to why he hasn't yet. Um, and... Um, yeah, Wimbledon was good. Well, actually, Wimbledon was very good. Uh, but the Open, the PGA Open, is um, in Ireland for the first time in over like 60-plus years or something like that. Is that think, the British Open? Uh, I don't think it'd be the British Open if it's in Ireland. I'd have to check I've that. I've seen that. Um, but it might be. But it hasn't been there anyway for over 60 years. And obviously, uh, McElroy being Irish has a lot of pressure on him. Uh, to do well, and I'm actually hoping he wins it. But uh, yeah, anyway, those are Tiger playing. He should be. I know he got ghosted by uh, <laughs> Brooks Kopka, whatever the other day. Uh, anyway, interesting. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of the headlines overall, you brought up that we were talking really quickly about that Serena poll. And I probably would have said the same thing as some of those people as to getting a point. Whether or not that's actually the case is not likely. But I know I'm never going to get called on it. So if somebody's like, you think you can get a point from her? Yeah, I have some confidence that I can fluke something out maybe. But again, I also know I'm not getting called on it. So sure, I'll vote yes. But let me ask you this. Uh, okay. uh, I was just going to ask you. So, okay, go okay, ahead. Yeah, no. no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. By all means. What do you think is harder to... Yeah, like for a sports-related ability, is it harder to hit a baseball, like a professional baseball, or to hit like the best tennis serve? Oh, dear. I would say 
mean, if your timing is right with a baseball, you could at least get the bat on it potentially, right? And when we talk about hit, are we talking about like, are there defenders and the ball going through the outfield? Or are we just talking about a pitcher on the mound throwing it hard, as hard at me as he can? You getting a bat, get bat on that ball versus a tennis racket on the tennis ball? I'd say getting my bat on a, on a baseball. Would be harder it, or easier? Would, yeah, well, to, would be harder. Would be harder to get the bat on the baseball. Yeah, because the racket head's bigger and you've got a little more control over the ball in tennis. So, you know, you're talking about hitting a serve or or you serving? You like hit, returning, like hitting, returning a serve. So, uh, serve? I don't know. Oh, Who was really oh, good? Pete geez. Sampras? Pete Sampras oh, serving sorry. at you? Yeah, no, no, no. It's sorry. I, I, I mistook. I misunderstood that question. No, no. Hitting, hitting a serve. The, uh, the hardest a guy could throw a baseball is 100 miles an hour, let's say. Yeah. So these guys are serving Milos Ronich is 140 miles an hour with, with spin. Is it miles <laughs> like, an hour when he's doing it? I wasn't sure if it was yeah. miles or kilometers when I'm watching Wimbledon. No, that's miles per hour, man. And their second serve is 113 with spin. There's no way you're I'm getting you're getting a, and then on top of that there's a huge like margin of error there like the squares are big so you can serve out you can serve in you can I you, we're not touching any of those guys serves even their second serves. All right. That was an argument I think uh or was a question I think my father-in-law had asked and I was like, you know, and he's a big baseball guy, but I think it's tennis as well and just because because the tennis ball the amount of spin and then it also, it's not coming at you directly. So a curveball or whatever, it's spinning and it's going to go where it goes. But it does, it's not spinning and then hitting a ground and then coming off with a different kind of spin. Exactly. But then taking into consideration, like you said, the, the size of the square and like you actually have to move your feet as opposed to just being stagnant and saying, I got to swing the bat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, There's a million uh, factors. Thank I know you. the racket's oh. bigger, but anyway. Okay. We're in the greens. So your question in terms of My question Serena. is, well, like... Do you, what the fuck Do am you I think, smoking? Uh, yeah. If I took on, sorry. What what the hell am I smoking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you said that you agreed with the with the dudes. Um, if I took on Jason Peters a hundred times to get to sack Carson Wentz, am I getting? Am I winning once? <laughs> no. There's no chance. These guys are professionals. They so it's what they get paid millions of dollars to do. I, I say you beat him no, once. Jason Peters. Yeah, because after like the 70th time, like he's just going to start to try and fold you up and he's going to start getting bored. He's going to try something new and he's going to like try and left hook you right in the jaw, miss, and he'll like stumble for a second. You'll fall to your butt, but go the other way, spin, get up and touch him or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the odds are not great, but there's, there's the mental like boredom and i'm just going to try and humiliate this guy that might put them out of position it's like the pros versus joes right you just think they, like oh that's I true can, that was I a great go- show that was a good show i'm surprised they took it off because it was really wow. not a great show because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pros were like super over the hill pros right eh you know because anybody who still had any ability was not going on that tv show oh anyway. my god that was an interesting poll. I, I, I actually, I think if I went one on one with an WNBA player, I wouldn't score a point. I wouldn't. I, I'll actually, I'll, I'll take that a step further. The the best WNBA player, like or the top top five, if I took them on one on one, best game to eleven, it's eleven zero, eleven zero, eleven zero, eleven zero. Like I'm not even touching them. 
Yeah, and Facts. I can respect that. And that's that's how it should be, really. And that's not only yeah. does that show that you know women and and women athletes are getting that much better, but also says something about you where it's not just voting saying well any guy can beat any girl at sports you know what i mean so i think it's uh that says a lot for where we are in terms of women's sports these days absolutely i clearly haven't uh, made that jump because i think i could still beat her (laughs) that's that's completely false (laughs) just so you know (laughs) what else you got buddy absolutely false um (laughs) Well, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the Madden NFL players' rankings have come out. And there are some people who are not happy with them. Uh, Some people are happy with them. But there are four. Have you looked at the list or anything yet? You know what? My latest version of Madden is 16. So... I don't think the ratings matter anymore. Half the guys aren't in the league. So, no, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. So, there are four players who have a 99 rating. Let me, can I guess a yeah, couple of them? That's the point. Mahomes? No. I, Mahomes is like a 97, I think. 99, eh? 99. He's Aaron yeah. Rodgers? No. Jeez, this is, we're trying to keep this a short show. Any 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 Patriots? Uh, nope. Which is which is wow. perfect because none of the Patriots are ninety nine, but yeah, if, if they rated coaches, Belichick would be a ninety nine, and therefore all his players become a lot higher. Anyway, Aaron Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, check. Okay, oh, okay. where's my ding? I'll stop I got guessing. Dings I'm here. one for three, so I don't deserve any more guesses. Oh, there. maybe okay. Maybe I do. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Okay, uh, Aaron Donald. You said Mahomes, not uh, no. So I, I'd want to kill him, but he's. I don't think that I don't think Madden would have done that considering his current situation. So well, no, he's rated lower, but uh, his uh, his ability to beat children is ninety nine. <laughs> hey, hey that, what a what a dickhead! What How they're ass. even reviewing this case is beyond me. Anyway, um, okay. So just so you know, Le'Veon, out of the four, there's Antonio Brown. There's three defensive players. So you've already said Aaron Donald, and there's one offensive player. No, Le, uh, Le'Veon Bell. You said no. No, Antonio Brown. Uh, still wrong. Uh, he's a wow. 98. He's close. He's a 98, but no. There's so the three defensive players. Yeah. Holy cow, man! This is hard. It is hard. So the the offense is a receiver. The offensive one is a receiver in the AFC. If it's Odell Beckham, I swear to God. Is it? No. Okay, good. Um, And then the other two defensive guys are in the NFC. Defensive guys are in the NFC. Offensive guys in the AFC. Wide receiver. Holy cow. Who are the top wide receivers? No, A.J. Green. Fuck, he's been hurt all year. (laughs) Sorry, man. (laughs) You know what? Maybe James should keep his fantasy team after all. Is this where the unsportsmanlike starts? (laughs) (laughs) No, man, you idiot. No, you idiot. hurt all year. (laughs) Uh, Jeez. 
AFC wide receiver. It's not Juju Smith. Uh, he had an amazing catch against your Steelers, which blew me my fantasy thing, to, uh, not last year, the year before, where it would have been a shutout for the Steelers. Um, There's so many good receivers, Okay, pal. it's DeAndre Hopkins. I can't handle this anymore. It's DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is... What? Yeah, you don't... I think that's okay. I, I don't know, man. He got, I don't uh, know about that. He's hurt all the time. Uh, oh. He's a 99. He's a 99. Speed he's 92, awareness five, 99. He's not in your top five. Okay, who are your top five then? Receivers? Yeah. Let me go. I'm going to oh, go geez. pull up the wide receivers here. And let's just see where, where you're at with the top five. So, obviously, Hopkins, they have number one. I'd have, I'd put Hopkins number one. I put Keenan Allen number two. Because I just think he's spectacular. Um, again, I don't have any lists of receivers in front of me here, so I'm going by the by the you know the what test. But... I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna stop you because this is gonna transition very well. So just so you know, so you had Hopkins. You said Keenan Allen number two. Yeah, he's amazing. Okay. So they have Hopkins ninety nine, AB's ninety eight, Julio's ninety eight. Beckham Jr. is 96, Michael Thomas 95, Tyree Kills a 94, Thielen's a 94 as well, uh, and uh, Keenan Allen is an 89. Wow. How is Thielen ahead of Keenan Allen when he's really just he's a slot receiver? Well, you're not the only person that has an issue with that. Listen to this. Yeah, he's in. Okay. I just want to start this video off by saying I will not be playing Madden 20, period. This is Keenan right, Allen. Number one, uh, my overall is an 89, for sure. Uh, my short route running is a 91. 60. My medium route running is an 88. Like my deep route run is a seventy-five. Like, bro, who's making this? Dog, wait, wait. <laughs> who did this? Speeds at eighty-seven. Like, bro, ain't nobody just running with me step for step like that, bro. Like, come on, dog. It's not that sweet out there, man. Like, what is you thinking? My strength is sixty-nine. Like, I'm a little boy. <laughs> I'm not understanding something. I'm not understanding. I'm an 89 on the damn Pro Bowl back back thousand. I don't understand. What's up? Talk to me. Uh, I was 69 like a little boy. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> I did not hear that. That is that is so good. You know, the one thing with the Madden ratings is that I think it is just more ego than anything else because they really, they, it doesn't affect the actual gameplay a whole ton. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I have. If I have uh, Br Antonio Brown on one side and my my fifth receiver on the depth chart on the other side, and I they run the same route, as long as I don't get sacked and I can scramble a bit, I'm gonna. There's still it's gonna be equal ability to catch the ball in Madden. It's, that doesn't make that much of a difference. The game makers, Fuck. they don't put that much depth in the game. They really don't. It's all for show. Well, if right? we had any American listeners right now, you just pigeonholed us to Canadian when you called it. When you run the same route, <laughs> route six to six. What is it route? My bad. Routes. <laughs> Sorry. Run the same routes. Sorry. 
<laughs> you say H or H? H or H? What? H or H? When someone I'm says English, H, I say H. You don't say H. Nobody what says H. Say? H. Nobody says H. Hey, I say H. Because you live in Gatineau. <laughs> Another headliner, actually, the, the, the Habs third jersey. <laughs> the, the option to blue Oh, one? I love it. Yeah, sign me up. Um, yeah, I'll never wear nice. one, never buy one, but I like it. I know they tried that uh, that white one with the with the stripe a few years ago, uh, like similar to what the to the red one, except in a white version with the uh, like stripe in, through the through the torso. And I didn't I didn't really it didn't fit it didn't look that good. But this blue one's really nice. I I hope that was a concept. I don't know if they actually are going to go with that. It's anyway. like those guys who create the concept jerseys for uh, for NFL. They're really funky. I, I mean, I if Montreal is going to do a third jersey, which I think they're well overdue for something, uh, they, all they do is go with these heritage classics and, uh, hey, wear a third jersey a couple times here. It's not the end of the world. I know there's tradition. You still have your traditional home and aways. Go, f- go for something funky, man. Toronto does it. Yeah. No, I like them. Um, H. You got me on that. I'm like, H. what is well, I can't believe those Madden ratings. I really, um, Adam Thielen is a slot receiver in most nickelback, you know, the the third guy in the depth chart, or a linebacker if they catch him in the wrong formation. Uh, sorry, I, I, what? They Thielen showed his his uh, worth when the Vikings had to actually play him at wide receiver, and yeah. um, you know he had to get he had to be guarded by the other team's best or second best DB that, you know, he struggles with those guys. That doesn't have the opening. So he's along the lines, the same type of like Edelman's and stuff like that, where it's, they're not a physical beast or specimen, I guess, who can just one-on-one do it. It's got to be system related. It's got to be timing related. And that's how they get success. Um, On that note, the top five rookies. We're getting a bad connection, B. Might have to take a break. All right. We can do that. Uh, when we come back, I'll uh, go over the top five rookies. And <laughs> <laughs> Quinn and Williams being number one. Then we'll move on to the next topic. <laughs> okay. But I'm on my break. And we're back. <laughs> okay. Sorry, we had a, just a quick uh, malfunction at the junction. As uh, one of the guys that used to do WWF from Ontario used to say, there's a malfunction at the junction. It was when two wrestlers would collide in the middle of the ring, and they'd both fall down. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, uh... Back to- <laughs> I was just talking about uh, the rookie Madden yes. uh, ratings. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because the guy that you like, who you emulated his sneeze and self-bless you, <laughs> is the top-rated rookie in Madden with an 80 overall, and that's Quinn and Williams, the defensive tackle for the Jets. And then uh, real quickly, Marquise Brown, the receiver for the Ravens, is a 77 
TJ Hawkinson, that tight end, who I think is going to be really good for Detroit, is a 77. Nick Bosa, the defensive end, who was he the first overall? Well, I think no, he was. Third. No, he wasn't because it was uh, Kyler Murray and whatever. So Bosa went, I think, third to the Niners. Niners. Yeah. Uh, Didn't he pull his hamstring? Like recently? Yeah, in, uh, in minicamp. Oh, shoot. That's yeah. not good. Um, anyway, he's a 98. And maybe his rating went down because his uh, health was a low. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he's a 98? No, is that what I just said? Yeah. No, 78. 78, okay. Sorry, that's Shoot. how I used to read my grades in school. Yeah, yeah. My mom's like, what'd you get? <laughs> I turned sevens into nines all the time. Okay. Where's Devin Bush? Devin Bush is not on here. Ed Oliver Jr., the defensive tackle for the Bills, was a 79, which is weird. They have Bosa. Well, I guess it's not in order necessarily. And then Josh Allen, the the end for the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Kentucky, is a 77. So those are your... So Devin Bush isn't even a 77? Well, he's not in this top five. Can I get all the rookies? Anyway. We'll move on to the next one. I'll see if I can find what Devin Bush's uh, rating is. I think, to be honest, he was probably rated around the same one, but they do have an outfit, a draft outfit rating, um, and he got super low on his draft outfit uh, for looking like Michael Jackson. <laughs> he, I, hey, listen, don't it was t- risky. <laughs> it was very risky. It was, I think uh, I just want to touch upon this. I heard that... Uh, Steelers gave Ryan Shazier a, a pretty high rating um, as a as a gesture, or Ma- sorry, Madden gave uh, Shazier a pretty high rating. Uh, the fact that he's still in the game is is a pretty cool thing, right? He's still on their depth chart, so that's pretty cool. Oh uh, well, yeah, Madden. he's on their depth chart because he's still getting paid, right? He's still right. He still has he still has aspirations of playing again, which I I I don't know. I mean, I just can't figure out. No, you know, after seeing how he how he's his recovery has been. It's been great, and he's made great strides. But like coming from a point where he could barely walk, um, well, hey, listen, man, if the doctors give him the clearance and he's and he wants to continue, it's his life and uh, it's his passion. He he lives football. He was freaking awesome. He might have been one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And so whether he can get back his speed and. Looks like he's getting still has upper body strength. I saw him doing like a, a zillion chin ups the other day. So, um, anyway, uh, kudos to him for you know keeping the dream alive and still and and hey, listen, if he doesn't play, he can walk. Like there's well, he can yeah, walk and run. At this point, there's there's bigger things to strive for and whatever. If it's if that's what's keeping his motivation to like push and get himself better, is this pipe dream of coming back i don't think even if he was 100 percent and able to come back why would you do that i would question why he'd be doing that um but whatever use it whatever motivation you need to to keep pushing forward and making sure that you get back to 100 percent uh use it devin bush is a 72 by the way okay all right okay well, we'll speed's see 91 that. no acceleration 92 so I have to go into his and whatever. I'm t- people are going to think, oh, fuck, Brock plays a lot of video games. He's really getting into these ratings and stuff. I don't even own Madden right now. So I keep saying it every single year. I'm like, oh, let's get it. But I never do. 
Anyway, it's too addictive, man. It's too like it's hours of of uh, uh, it's like a job. It's like a second job. It's why I haven't upgraded uh, video game systems because I know once I do, uh, my the, my social life. You can I can kiss my social life goodbye. I could you know like on the weekends. Oh yeah, Pep, you want to come uh, hang out? Yeah, uh, you know what? I got errands to run. Yeah, I've got a season to play, basically. Right. <laughs> okay, I got, I got four I games to play today. I got my dynasty going. Now you yeah, only go out and you'd be like, hey, what are you guys doing? What Pep, you want to come over? You'd be like, sure, you still got your PS4? Yeah, sure, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> what, what video games you got? Sure, I'll come. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Okay. It's moving on to, again, we wanted to keep this one fairly uh, short, so you want uh, Wimbledon. Yeah, I want to talk tennis. Wimbledon. Uh, men's final was last Sunday, and um, Novak Djokovic beat Roger Federer in a five-set thriller that went deep into the uh, fifth set. Um, and, you know, I think what we're witnessing here in men's tennis, I don't think we'll ever witness again. You know, in the past, we've had rivalries. There have been, you know, if I think back to the mid-'90s or late-'80s, you know, with McEnroe Connors and then Agassi Sampras, uh edberg becker there's always been a single rivalry and those top players i say sampras is sort of secondary because he he was number one for a long time but there's never been this much competition in the top three that i can recall and this has been going on for at least a decade uh you know to have federer nadal and Djokovic flip-flop one two three for basically a 10 years you know, and for Federer, who's going to be 38 years old, which in tennis is like, what well, it's like dog years. He'd be he's like 80 in tennis years. For him to be number two in the world right now, and you know, with the with the U.S. Open coming up, he he's not slowed. He hasn't slowed down at all. You know, he mm-hmm. his his biggest issue is that he's he's so good that he tries shots that no one else even dares, and. Because of that, he makes a lot of unforced errors. And when you play a guy like Djokovic, who's impossible to tire, who gets his racket on everything and makes very few unforced errors, it was just a bad matchup. It's always been a bad matchup for Federer. Djokovic has got his number. But if you look at like the fact that Federer stayed in that match and actually had two championship points against Djokovic, it's remarkable what we're seeing. And Djokovic isn't any spring chicken either. He's 32. Mm-hmm. And I think Nadal might be close to the same age. What we're seeing with these three guys, Brock, is like, I don't know, we were freaking out about Tiger winning uh, the Masters. You know, I, what Federer is just, it's, he's in the same boat uh, when it comes to legend status in his sport. And uh, this is no disrespect to the women, to Serena, who's got a million titles as well. Uh, you know, but there's just she hasn't had a lot of competition in mo- through most of. But these three guys have been battling it out. So, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if you watch tennis. I'm not sure if this is of any interest to you, B. I, I know you're a sports fan through and through, all around. So you you tend to gravitate to any good sports story. But have you watched? Uh, did you watch any Wimbledon? Did you watch the finals? Did you watch the semis? Uh, I watched pieces of it i'm still i was hoping that they would replay the men's final because it was on like a saturday in the afternoon or something like that and uh, i missed it but i've heard a lot of rave reviews on how good it was so i've seen the highlights that's not what i want to see i want to see the the full replay so i will look into that because i still even though you know the outcome i don't mind uh re things like that that are very back and forth 
Um, as far as tennis, for me, I mean, having a couple of Canadians that are starting to do a little bit better um, yeah. keeps the the inter- the interest there. Um, I was a big Agassi fan back in the day, so the Agassi Sampras rivalry was one that uh, I remember following quite closely as a kid. Um, you know, the they were both very much uh, polar opposites in terms of how they do it. Um, I met, I've read Agassi's book and stuff too, and like how he came through and, and what he went through to get to where he was. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I don't know. There was something that was very um, polarizing about Agassi and the wearing colors and stuff at Wimbledon at the time, which was a huge no-no and um, and that kind of stuff. But when you, you talk about the three-way that- rivalry right now, it is as good as anything. I just I haven't jumped on any one player so i haven't been as invested into it i want to mention that yeah i yeah the three we could talk about the three guys in it but you mentioned a good point about agassi and i'm not i'm not suggesting by any means that this is an american thing but if you look at the trendsetters in tennis over the last 30 years and you know guys that have sort of pushed the envelope when it comes to charisma I, i might be the right word i don't know but if we look at like Jimmy Connors, John McEnroe, well, Jimmy Connors for sure in tennis. And uh, you certainly remember the 92 U.S. Open when Jimmy Connors was playing uh, Aaron Crickstein at 30-some years. Actually, he might have been 40 by that point. And he's yelling at the umpire every second play. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'm freaking 40. And, you gotta, and he's yelling at the crowd. Well, he's, he's a jerk. And a lot of the guys, he won't, he hasn't spoken to Aaron Krigstein in, in well since they since they played, and they were pals before that match. So, and then if you think back before that, John McEnroe, the ultimate rebel, right? He wore Nike. The whole yeah. the whole Nike promoted him as a rebel, and you know he wore a bandana and he had the crazy hair and he would yell at, again. He too would yell at the umpires, and in fact, he would freak out at the umpires. I don't know how they tolerated it. The the one common denominator is they're all American. And Andy Roddick was the most recent American who, again, mm. very volatile, like rude and not afraid to say what's on his mind to the umpire or to his opponent. So is it a culture thing? Is it a I, like I don't it's just a coincidence, maybe. I don't know. There's there's this Australian kid named Kyrios who's a real jerk, too. But um, if you look in through tennis, is that the history, kid that underhanded serve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to look up his name. Yeah. Kyrios, he's he's walked out of some matches too. Like he's just been a complete jerk, and he's uh, he's a jerk on Twitter, and he's entertaining, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. But there've been a history, the history of the real, the real loudmouths, the real aggressive players, verbally aggressive anyway. They've all been American, you know. So I I don't know. Yeah. It's just a fun. It's just a fact. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but I don't know. What do you think? Um. I think I have a lot of American friends. Hey, I, I have some American <laughs> pals too. And uh, it's, you know, it's just they're competitive. They are competitive. They look, they look to get an edge, you know, yeah. on their opponent and, you know, one up on the umpire, whatever that you got to do. But it's just been, it's, it's, it's fact, really. It's not a coincidence. It's fact. No. And I but, mean, it's very, we'd be generalizing 100%, sure. but. You know, I do, when I think of Canadian versus American, and I think of 
in the context of the coaching realm that I'm in with football, and I think of you know players who are successful in universities here in Canada versus kids that go to the states and uh, are successful down there. The difference in culture and the difference in mentality. There's a lot of, and I use the term, I guess. Well, I mean, it could be arrogance, but there's that uh, they exude. Uh, over-exude almost confidence uh, from an athletic standpoint. And sometimes I think they're, you know, they talk and they, um, I don't know, trash talk. And yeah, they hype themselves up. It's a mental game. It's a, you know, they they perceive that as being their intensity levels rising as well. Um, But it's, it really is a different culture. Uh, when I talk again in the context of football and when we uh, bring kids down there, it's uh, but it's 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 just something that's fed and it that's that's uh, um, from a young age down there. You watch those, you know, Friday night tykes and all that kind of stuff, and they're eight, nine years old, and that's what they're learning, and that's how it's it's bred, and yeah. then it just kind of evolves and keeps getting more and more as they get older and um but the the it's the intensity it's it's their approach but from an outsider it can also be perceived as arrogance and um, sure you know that classlessness i guess i mean even you know the the u.s women's national team that just won great team uh what's the captain's name the lesbian rapino um and I was talking to my wife. I was like, you know, I agree with everything she's saying. Like, I like what she's, you know, fuck, I'm not going to the White House and this and that. And, you know, so she's she's leaving her mark. But then there got to a point where I was just kind of like, I like what she's saying, but I just, she irritates me the way she's saying it. And it's just, it has nothing to do with what she's saying or it just seems like it's, uh, I don't know, I guess it's the arrogance kind yeah, of feel it, to I, it, whatever I, anyway it's hard to explain I, you know what i get it i that's you nailed it it's just it's it's not any different than if a, a a swiss a swiss player would have done it it's just the way they it comes across with that american sort of we are the world power I, I, like i don't and I, they don't mean it that way i know i know they don't yeah. they're not thinking ah oh, we're we're americans we can bomb the world to shit if we wanted to so we're going to say whatever we want how we want to do it that's not how they they think i'm sure it's just the perception of that, the optics of that, that's how it comes across. So anyway, I, uh, it's an interesting conversation. I, uh, I, if anyone asks me who my favorite tennis player of all time is, it's not Federer. It's, it's John McEnroe. I loved Johnny Mac when I was a kid. I loved his game, and he was the, the tour's bad boy. Like he, There's no doubt about it. He, did, he himself would admit it, but he was cool in a you know, he brought uh, like a style to tennis with with wearing all the Nike gear, and you know, I believe Dunlop was his uh, a tennis racket provider. There's just a cool, there was a coolness about him, and I thought he brought a coolness to the game. So, but anyway, it's an interesting topic, um, and I I appreciate your perspective, and I agree with you actually. So, uh, I don't know if it came out exactly how I wanted to say it, but it's it's tough to to really articulate what you know how we see it. But again. I'm glad the way you summarized it in terms of like, I know it's not what they're doing and they as in American athletes are not doing it to be arrogant, to be 
uh, viewed that way. But, you know, oftentimes, as per anything, media skews things a bit and uh, make a big deal out of things. And then the perception yeah, switches and stuff, too. But um, yeah. anyway, moving on. Um, speaking of football, uh, just wanted to really quickly ask you, what, what's your, what's the deal with Cavis Reed? Why would, why would the Alouettes fire their GM? And I, I look the, at the beginning of the year, I thought the Alouettes were going to be in a horse race with the Argonauts for last in the, uh, in the East. I know it's early, but at two and two, the, the Alouettes look pretty good. Like they actually moved the ball on, on, uh, Ottawa. They scored, they put up 35 points and they played some pretty good D. I, I'm, I was surprised at how quickly Kahari Jones has put that team together and brought them together. But, you know, after a win, after going two and two, and now they're tied for second in the East, they fire their GM. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find out more information from different sources I have. See, it sounds like I'm a real reporter, uh, but I'm curious because I need to know. Uh, but I mean, Cavis had a big, uh, stint with the the Red Blacks and stuff when they were coming back and uh, uh, was Red Blacks no sorry the Renegades I guess <laughs> yeah we're going way back now the Renegades is when he was there uh, so I I know Cavis not on a super personal level but uh, as a player with the Renegades no he or was as a, a coach? coach he was a coach he was a secondary coach I believe um, so anyway being around that I met him a couple times and real nice guy so I was happy when he got the GM job I thought it was good for him. But it is, it's a very curious situation as to how you get fired after you finally kind of come back to 500. And some of them are uh, implying they, they basically don't want, I guess they lost faith in him, really. And they don't want him to screw it up. They're like, you know, our team's playing well. We're starting to do things. We just don't want Cavis to screw this up. So, um, I, very interesting. It is interesting. But I guess if you ever have that thought in your GM, like regardless of whatever point you're in, if if you start questioning the abilities of your GM, you might as well cut ties. You know, cut it right then and there. You, you you've lost it. So interesting. Um, you know, I I feel like it's just a situational thing where it might have been. You know, uh, they're starting to get excited when they're losing. They're like, you know, who cares? Let's see what happens. It can't get any worse. Now we start winning and you say, well, now we're, you know, we're questioning or we're worried that he might hinder us in some way, shape or form. Yep. And you say, well, if we're concerned about that, we need to, to get rid of him and, you know, take care of that. So, um, it, it does, it looks really weird from the surface, uh, especially after a huge win in Ottawa. Uh, they've been playing really well. We talked about Kahari Jones, and I thought that was a perfect fit. And he's been obviously proving that point for uh, you know a team that was predicted to finish dead last. Probably um, they've been playing really, really well. Their defense is they have really good. Um, I mean, sh- their whole team's been playing good. The receivers are playing above their 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 heads. They're challenging the balls. They're aggressive. Um, they're playing like a team that has nothing to lose. They're like, we're going to go out there and we're just going to lay it all up. We don't have nothing to lose. And they've been doing it. So kudos I'm happy to them. for them, you know, but uh, there's got to be some other story and maybe we'll find out where that trust was lost between the uh, Cavis and, and the organization. Um, they say it has nothing to do with the potential new owners and stuff as well. So anyway, 
we'll see. There'll be more stuff that comes out for sure. But in the meantime, it, it does look weird and uh, it sucks for him. But, um, you know, the only thing I can think of is if there was a level of trust that had been lost, they needed to cut ties right away. I can't imagine he'll be without a job for too long. The, you know, the CFL is a tight community and uh, a, a team will need a, a need a coach. I mean, heck, if, uh, if Hamilton's, Hamilton's going to hire uh, Jerry Glanville, I'm sure Cavis Reed could, could find a job somewhere. And don't get me started on Mike Sherman. Yeah, we can go to that another time. All right, let's wrap this uh, short one up. Yeah, uh, man. We are getting close to vacation time. And uh, so over the next couple of weeks, what? while I'm out of town, we're hopefully going to be able to record still. But if we're not, then uh, tune in. I have a couple episodes of this one used to be called Hoggy Hangout. And we still might do sort of episodes or features of that, and which relates to all things offensive linemen. And I have a couple of episodes that uh, I thought I might put out there. One with uh, a CFL alumni, great, uh, Irv Damon, who played in Ottawa for a long time. Really good interview. Um, and then another one is with uh, a gentleman by the name of Howard Mudd, who is an NFL Hall of Famer, and he's part of the all-decade 60s team. Um, he's been kind of pushing me to get these out and sort of move forward, and I'm hoping to convince Pep to join me along with that ride and see if we can combine the two and uh, start getting some interviews with some NFL greats. Hey, I would love that. And I've listened to both those interviews, and they're really, really good. And uh, on a final note, I... Uh, is there any better offensive lineman name than Howard? <laughs> Howard Mudd is a classic offensive lineman name. And his voice, his demeanor, his face screams legendary <laughs> offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. <laughs> I love him. He's hilarious. All right, Pep, on a note, we are out. Peace out, homie. Summertime. School is out in this sort of a buzz. But back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody go Guys out hunting and girls